wife looked at me and said uh, during the first service, she said, I can't wait for the second service. <laughs> so when I say that, uh, we, I, I want you to know, I want to say this to the entire worship team. You have ministered to us. And I believe more importantly, I believe more importantly you've ministered to the Father. How many know that's really what our time of worship is? Ministering to our Father. Uh, again, it's great to be with you this morning. It really is an honor, honor and privilege. Uh, I said this this morning, I have over the years really grown in love with your pastor, Pastor Tim. Uh, we go back a long way. And when I say that, I think he's been around even longer than I have. Uh, but when I say that, I shared this in this morning, but you are blessed to have Pastor Tim as your pastor. In fact, this morning, even in preparation, going over my notes, the Lord reminded me of what Jeremiah wrote when the children of Israel went into apostasy. He said, many pastors have destroyed my vineyard, trodden my paths underfoot, and made my pastures a wilderness. Why does the prophet say this? Because instead of teaching the word of God, how many know Israel had gone to teach the precepts of men? And I want you to know something. I know you're a pastor. And I so appreciate it. And I want you to know you are blessed to have a pastor like Tim Tyler who preaches the word of God. Amen? So again, it's, it's my privilege to be here at 1 o'clock. One o'clock. I'm on the clock. This morning, I had, my wife looked at me and said, you talked awful fast. And I said, well, I only had a few minutes, to, so I had to hurry. But when I say that, this morning, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask that you would turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3 and John chapter 10. 1 Samuel chapter 3 and John chapter 10. I'll give you a few minutes. I hear pages rustling. First Samuel chapter 3, we're going to begin reading in verse 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. It came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out of the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. And Samuel was laid down to sleep that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou did call me. And he answered, I called not, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he Call thee, thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, 
he or thy servant heareth. Now turn with me over to John chapter 10. Again, we're going to begin reading in verse 1. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. He that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep, to him the porter openeth. And the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. When he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. The title of my message this morning is simply, Hearing the Voice of God. As I begin this morning, how many of you know we are living in a very precarious time in the days of the church? And I say that because how many of you know we have people, or we are living in an age where people are running all over the place to hear a word from the Lord? Uh, suddenly a revival breaks out somewhere, and immediately how many know they leave this house to go to that house? They're there for a short time, and another, they hear of another revival that breaks out, and then all of a sudden, what do they do? They leave this house to go to that house. In fact, it wasn't too long ago that there was a book written which actually encouraged this kind of behavior. It's amazing to me. It became probably one of the best sellers within the church. And the premise of that book was that if you wanted to be a part of what God was doing, you better go where He was moving. It's the old cliche, getting under the spout where the glory's poured out. Now, I want to ask you a question. Is that what Scripture teaches? Of course not. It doesn't. In fact, do you remember what Jesus said in Mark chapter 3, verse 13, verse 21? He said, if any man say unto you, lo, here is Christ, or lo, there he, or, or, or he is there, believe him not. And why does Jesus say this? Because in this new covenant dispensation that we live in, God's dwelling place is neither here nor there, this mountain or that mountain. How many of you know the dwelling place of God, even as we heard this morning, resides on the inside of the believer? Amen? He's living on the inside of you and I right now. All right? And again, this is exactly what you find Jesus teaching the woman at the well. You remember that story, don't you? There's a woman who comes to the well, hearing Jesus have a big discourse. She's actually starving to death because she wants, she needs God to move in her life. In fact, when Jesus looks at her and says, go get your husband, she says, I don't have a husband. And he, she looked at him and Jesus looked at her and says, thou is well said for you've had five husbands. The guy you're living with now is not your husband. Huh? Come on, how many know there is nothing new under the sun? I keep hearing today how we're living in worse times that there's ever been. When I want you to know some, how many know there's nothing new under the heavens? I want you to know sin ran, ran rampant back then. It runs rampant today. Can I hear an amen? Hmm? And again, I want you to realize, but then as soon as she found out, as soon as Jesus said, the guy you're living with is not your husband, you've had five husbands, she perceives that he's a prophet. And when she perceives he's a prophet, how many know the first question that comes out of her mouth is what? Where do I find God? Where do I worship? And what we fail to realize when we read that story is we forget the history of Israel where the Samaritans, which are Jews, 
They're intermingled Jews. They've married the other people outside of the Jewish realm, but they're Jews. But they're considered dirty, unclean to the Jews of Jerusalem. And the Jews of Jerusalem said, we have the true temple where we truly worship God and where His presence is. And the Samaritans had another temple built on their mountain. And how many of you know, they said, this is where we worship God. And what is the woman saying? I want to know where we can find God. Where do we worship? Hmm? And do you remember what Jesus tells her? He says, woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither worship in this mountain or in, yet in Jerusalem. The hour cometh, listen, and now is. Everybody say, and now is. And now is where true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Please understand something, saints. With the coming of Jesus into the world, how many know there also came a new age and a new dispensation? The veil of the temple has been rent. The presence of God that was off limits has now become available through Jesus Christ. And I want you to realize, not only is it available, but how many know God took it out of that stationary temple, that stationary dwelling place, and that presence now comes in us and abides in us, and how many know we can hear the voice of God? Available to us. Is everybody with me this morning? Huh? Again, you don't have to run here or there to hear God's voice. All you have to do, though, is listen. In fact, this is the second thing that I want to share with you and that you need to understand when it comes to hearing the voice of God. You ready for this? It is a learned process. Nobody has the market on this. It is a learned process. Huh? Again, look at our text. Although Samuel was raised in the temple or inside the church, he does not know the voice of his God. He keeps thinking it's Eli. Hmm? Here in John chapter 10, Jesus solidifies this truth when he says the voice of strangers they will not follow. And why does Jesus say this? Because they have learned to distinguish the voice of their father, of their God, from all other voices. In fact, there's two examples that I want to give you. The first one is my dad. We grew up, I grew up in a neighborhood that had pretty big yards, but we had a street that was filled with kids. I mean to tell you, it seemed like every family in our street had 10 kids. We were the low man on the totem pole. We had six. But we would all get together and we would play. We had a great time growing up. But when we would play, how many of you know at night, all my dad had to do is open the side door, whistle. And I mean to tell you, you ready for this? How many know as soon as that whistle was sounded, I knew exactly who that was. And are you ready? Every kid in the neighborhood, every family had a call that called their children in. The Ferrannies had one of those old triangle bells, you know what I mean? Ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling. As soon as that thing rang, how many know Butch and his brother took off? Why? Because my sheep know my voice. You know the voice of your father. Huh? Come on, the second example are the flocks of Israel. In his book, They Smell Like Sheep, and let me just say this, I worked on a sheep farm when I was in college, all right? (laughs) But in this book, They Smell Like Sheep, Lynn Anderson shares something that's really true. 
He shares that when the shepherds of Israel come together, their flocks intermingle. They come into a city and, and all the flocks intermingle. And when they go to leave, how I many you know they don't sit down and go, okay, this sheep is yours and this sheep is... Do you know how long that would take? But every shepherd has a unique call. Every shepherd. In fact, when I was in South Africa, I shared this earlier today, there was a woman in South Africa, God is my witness, I've never seen anything like it. She had this call, la, 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 and her tongue didn't go up and down, it went sideways. I stood there in amazement going, this is incredible. You ready? I want you to know some every shepherd in Israel, all they have to do is make their call, and as they walk out, the sheep automatically divide, and they go their way. Why? Because my sheep know my voice. The voice of a stranger, they will not follow. Amen? So again, it's a learned process. And I want you to understand something. This is what God desires for us today, especially in this day of deception. How I many you know we are living in the greatest hour that the church has ever experienced? But I want you to know something. It is also a day of tremendous deception. Come on, people are calling uh, uh, evil good, and they're calling good evil, all in the name of grace. Paul actually shares this in 1 Corinthians 14.10 when he says, There are many voices, many voices in the world today, but none of them is without signification or none of them was without meaning. And how many know it's our responsibility to discern and recognize what voice we're listening to? It's our responsibility. Huh? Come on, I want you to realize, Samuel, after a little bit of instruction was able to identify the voice of God. And by the way, how would you like the very first word that God speaks to you is a word to Eli, and that word is this. I'm going to destroy your sons, and I'm going to destroy you. There's going to be no remainder left because you've disobeyed me. And as soon as Samuel comes back and, and Eli looked at him, he says, what's the word? How would you like to give that to your mentor? The guy who taught you how to hear the voice. Come on, saints, stay with me. But again, I want you to know, it's our responsibility. And I want you to know, if we intend to be victorious in this day and hour in which we live, how many know we must distinguish the voice of God from all other voices? Now let me say one more thing before I go on to share five ways in which God speaks to His children. There's five ways. All right? You ready? The first one that I'm going to share with you is the most proficient. And I'm going to tell you, this is the groundwork for everything when it comes to God speaking to his children. The last way which I share with you is something that most people would love to have, but it's the least likely way that God would speak to you. All right? But again, we need to learn his voice so that we can, number one, move when God says move, and number two, so we're not misled by the deceptive tactics of the enemy. Can I hear an amen this morning? So the first way that God speaks to His children, you ready? If you're taking notes, this is a good point. Number one, everybody say, through His Word. The number one way that God speaks to His people is through His Word. Again, do you remember how the Gospel of John begins? It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Huh? Come on. Jesus was the Word made flesh. By the way, how many know we are flesh being made Word? That's what we should be. Can I hear an amen? 
But again, Psalms 138, verse 2 goes on to say, And God hath exalted His word above His name. Why am I sharing this with you? Two reasons. First, it's because God and His word are one. They are one. Everybody say, they're one. Huh? And secondly, if your word is no good, neither are you. Huh? Some of you old timers, I grew up watching the three students. I love those guys. I think they were way ahead of their time. But I say this. Do you know that Mo Howard never once signed a contract? Today we have people who will give their word, and how many of you know their word means nothing? I want you to know something. Today you've got to have 25 lawyers, a, a stack of papers this thick, and how many of you know even then you're lucky if they'll keep their word? Mo Howard never once had a contract in all the years that he worked through the, through the Hollywood studios. You want to know what Mo Howard's reputation was? If he shook your hand, write it down, he's going to follow through. He was never late to a meeting. He never reneged on a, on a, on a, a negotiation. How many know he kept his word? Why? Because if your word's no good, you're no good. And God has exalted his word above his name. Huh? Come on. Again, this is very, very important. How many times throughout Jesus' ministry does it say, or does he say, it is written and have you not read? Huh? Even when facing the enemy himself, Jesus doesn't pray for a word. How many know he simply speaks the word? Remember when Satan came to him, he was tempted, and the Bible says, turn these stones into bread. Jesus didn't go, God, I need a word now. I need deliverance now. What did he say? Thou shall, it is written, thou shall not, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He didn't hear a word. How many know he was simply speaking the word? And by speaking the word of God, he literally speaks the voice of God and it drowns out the voice of the stranger. Is everybody with me? Come on, saints. Again, you want to know why so many of God's people are struggling with hearing the voice of God? You want to know why so many are running to this locale and that locale? There's no roots in their life? I love what Charles Colson says. Charles Colson says America's Christianity is miles wide, inches deep. They love to be entertained, but they have no staying power. It's true. Come on, saints. I want you to understand something. You ready? This is important. The acid test of everything you hear must be the Word of God. And if it doesn't line up with the word, why? Because God and His Word are one. If it doesn't line up with the word, how many know it is not God? I'm going to give you a simple story that happened, real life story that happened in my life. And it really, it really will drive this point home. It was a young man that came to our church. And when he came to our church, I want you to know he was there for a while. Everybody looked at him oohing and on because he brought this whole entourage of people. I shared earlier, how many know that's a red flag to me? Come on, I want you to know something. How many of you know God never intended us to make keep the bride in love with Him, or us? God wants us to keep the bride in love with Him. And when all of a sudden you're gathering people unto yourself, how many know that's a red flag? But anyways, after a short time of being in our church, this brother came to me and he said, Pastor Rick, can I talk to you? I said, sure. So we went down in my office, 
And down in my office, he began to explain to me how years earlier he had lived in our locale and he had, he had dated a young lady, they had gotten engaged, they broke off the engagement, and he moved out to California for several years. But since coming back, he's now found her, and they are now dating again. And he said to me, and I quote, the Spirit of God has told me, Pastor, that I'm going to marry her. Well, what do you say in that situation? Come on, if you were the pastor, what would you say? See, my Bible tells me, you rejoice with those that rejoice, you weep with those that weep. So unless God tells me otherwise, how many of you know the word prevails? And I said, brother, I rejoice with you. As soon as I said that, here's what he said. I'm so glad you said that, Pastor Rick, because I'm going to tell her to divorce her husband. As soon as he said that, I went, whoa! What did you just say? Come on, saints. I want you to know something. That is the deception that's running rampant today. I said, brother, I want you to know something. This woman's married woman. He said, she's married, but you know what? They're separated. I said, she's married? He said, yeah. I said, that wasn't the Spirit of God. You know what he said to me? How can you be so sure? Because God and His Word are one. In fact, I looked at him then and I said, listen, brother, the Spirit of God would never tell you to seek the affections of another woman. The Spirit of God would tell you that you should drive that woman back into the arms of her husband. That's what the Spirit of God would say. Can I hear an amen? amen? He says, well, you know what? I got a problem. I got a date with her tonight. I said, I took my phone, turned it around. I said, call her and cancel. He said, I can't do that. Left my office. Last time I ever heard from him, he wrote a letter. He said, Pastor Rick, thank you so much for all the word that you've given me. But I found a t- church that teaches deeper truth. What he's saying is this. I found a place that will accept this kind of let me tell you something. I'm going to say it again. You are living in a house where your pastor will speak the truth whether you like it or not. Amen. And God helped the church. You know, this morning in my devotions, I still had devotions this morning. This morning in my devotions, you ready? Unity. Unity means not only having same mind, same purpose, but it's also being willing to submit to the leaders that God has put you over under. And are you ready for this? God help us to recognize who are over us in the Lord. And are you ready? Submit to them for the sake of unity and for the kingdom of God to go forward. I didn't say that in the first session, but there it is. I don't believe it's by chance. Come on. But again, I want you to see this. The word of God is the acid test for everything. Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a what? Lamp unto my feet. It is a light unto my path. How many know the word of God brings illumination to everything? Huh? And I want you to know that the more proficient you become with the word of God, the more proficient you'll be able to recognize and hear his voice. You don't know the word. I'm going to tell you right now. How many of you know you wouldn't know God if he even spoke? Come on, how are you going to distinguish between God and the enemy? The enemy always comes as what? An angel of light. How are you going to distinguish the two? Hmm? So again, number one way of hearing God or hearing His voice is what? Through His Word. Number two, the inward witness or the hidden man of the heart. The inward witness, the hidden man of the heart. 1 John 2.20 tells us this, but you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. Stop. You know all things, sister. You know all things, Steve. 
What does it mean that you know all things? Does it mean all of a sudden now, once you get born again, that now you can fix every computer problem? Does it mean if your car goes on belly up, that all of a sudden you now have the ability to fix your car? I'm going to tell you, I said it again earlier today. You ready for this? Don't bring your car to me if it's broke. I'll make it worse. I'm not mechanically inclined at all. But I wanted you to know, what then is it talking about when it says that you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things? It's talking about this. How many know the moment you got born again, you were born again of an incorruptible seed by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever? And now on the inside of you, in the depths of your born-again spirit, is a spiritual Geiger counter that can detect truth from falsehood. Oh, yeah. I'm going to tell you, you can go in, you can hear someone preach, and I mean to tell you, they can preach the word, and on the inside, there's something to tell you. There's something not right. You ever been in a meeting like that? Guy gets up, and I mean to tell you, he's a who's who. He preaches the most incredible word. When he's done, something just doesn't settle right in your gut. How many know that is your unction? And it's warning you, danger, danger, danger. Something's not right. But there's also times where you can hear the word of God. You've never heard it preached before. And on the inside, your spirit man is jumping up and down going, that's the truth. Know what I'm talking about. God's speaking to you. Huh? Remember the two men on the road to Emmaus? Bible says Jesus appeared to them in a different form. They didn't even recognize who it was. And all of a sudden, you know, they look, he, he begins to talk to them. They look at him and said, man, where have you been? Huh? How many know when Jesus died, it was front page headline? Everybody knew about it. But this guy says, what are you guys talking about? And the Bible says that Jesus began to talk to them, talk to them, share things with them. And then all of a sudden, he was taken up out of the midst. They looked at each other. By the way, I don't know about you, but if something like that happened to me, I'd probably pass out with a heart attack. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if you read stories like that and think about that, but man, I've never had someone just vanish right in front of my eyes. But the Bible says they looked at each other. Here's what they said. Did By the way, you ready for this? Every child of God has this. You need to develop it. But every single child of God has an unction from the Holy One. You have the ability to distinguish truth from falsehood. And how many know it is a tremendous tool and asset for the child of God? By the way, if you don't realize this, how many know in the Old Testament there was a urine in the thumb? Anybody know what the urine in the thumb is? Two stones that the priest kept underneath the breastplate. And whenever the children of Israel came in to ask God of something, one of those stones would light up. And those stones represented yes, no. How I many you know God doesn't want us to miss it at all? It's a wonderful way to live. Remember David? It says he counseled of the Lord, do I pursue the enemy? Yes! Do I pursue the enemy? No. And as long as they listen to your... By the way, Joshua, the only time he was ever due, the Bible says, is when he did not counsel of the urine and the thumb. That will preach. Huh? So again, I want you to know something. We need to listen to the inward witness, to the hidden man of the heart. I'm going to skip my 
example. If you didn't get this example, get it in the first session. It was in the first session. Moving on. Number three, manifestations of the Spirit. How many of you are grateful for the manifestations of the Spirit? Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, that the manifestation of the Spirit is given every man to profit with all. In other words, the true purpose of the gifts is to always aid us in our walk as believers. Like the word that came forth in this service and the word that came forth in the first service. How many know they were to aid us and encourage us as, our, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ? And I want you to know something. They are tremendous confirmation tools. Tremendous confirmation tools. Huh? Again, it doesn't matter what form they come in. They can come in a dream, a vision, a spoken word, a prophetic word. Again, there's a couple of things here that you need to understand when it comes to these manifestations of the Spirit. Number one, they were never meant to be the primary way in which God leads His children. Let me tell you something. If you're always running around to hear a word from the Lord, how many know you are opening yourself up for the enemy to drag you around by your nose everywhere he wants? Everybody smile. It's the truth. In fact, what I've learned over the years is when it comes to the manifestations of the Spirit, especially of words that are given, is many times those words are given to carry you to a hard place. Do you remember Paul? You read the story about Paul. He goes into this guy's house and Agabus, they're having a prayer meeting, Agabus comes along and takes the girdle, binds his hands and foot with it and says, whoever girdle this, whoever's Whatever man's girdle this is, so will the Jews do when he comes to Jerusalem. Paul says, why you break my heart? But yet, if you read the word and read the story up to that, how many of you know, everywhere Paul went, it says that they spoke to him, telling him that bonds and imprisonments awaited him. Then why did Agabus share that again? It was to confirm what Paul already knew. It was to take him through a hard place. It was to let Paul know that, buddy, I'm in this with you. You are not facing this problem by yourself. Huh? But again, I want you to realize, you ready for this? Paul already knew that. Why? Because my sheep know my voice. I had a guy one time, my, I really, when I came back from college, I, was at my, I went to my pastor. I've been raised in this church. Me and my wife met in this church. We got married in this church. And I went to the pastor and I said, Pastor, I want you to know uh, the Lord has spoke to us, uh, was directing us to a church and was directing us into ministry. Pastor looked right at me and said, well, how do you know? I looked right at him and I said, Pastor, I'm not an orphan. God speaks to me too. Saints, every single one of us are God's children and, and God wants to speak to every single one. I love what God tells Moses. Remember Moses? Moses, Joshua comes, the 70 elders uh, are supposed to meet Moses. They're going to have a huge outpouring of the Spirit. Two guys oversleep. And yet when the Spirit falls on the 70 elders, the two guys that are in the camp start prophesying. Joshua comes, a little tattletale. Joshua comes and says, Moses, tell him to keep quiet. And Moses says something incredible. He says, I would to God that all of his people were prophets. Saints, I want you to know something. You ready? Just because someone stands in a position of leadership, and I do believe that we need to teach on leadership today in the church. We need to identify and recognize leadership like never before. But it does not mean that leadership is the only one that can do it. Very powerful truth. Maybe next time. But again, when I say that, these manifestations of the Spirit, all right, 
are given to strengthen us and aid us in our walk. They're great encouragement. They're tremendous encouragement for the believer. Amen? The second thing you need to understand regarding them is that the manifestations of the Spirit will never speak contrary to the Word. God will not tell you to date a married woman. God will not tell you to leave your first, your second wife to go back to your first. There was this brother, wonderful brother, before he got married the second time, he was an unbeliever. Him and his wife had a volatile relationship. He got a divorce. Years later, he got born again and married the most godly woman you ever met in your life. All of a sudden, this guy came in preaching, Thus saith the Lord, you need to leave your wife and go back to the wife of your youth. He was my witness. And you know what the sad thing is? He believed it. He did it. Saints, how many of you know that is not how the Spirit of God speaks? And when it comes to the manifestations of the Spirit, how many know it must line up to the Word? That's why I say the Word of God, knowing His Word, is the premise for everything, the acid test for everything that we hear. Can I hear an amen? amen. Huh? Number four, divine providence. Divine providence. Huh? Doors opening, doors closing. Come on, how many know God speaks that way? He really does. I want you to know something. You ready for this? If you try every way, here you got an idea and this is what you want to do, and you try every single way to get that to happen, and every time you do it, the door slams, how many know you need to recognize God is saying no? We are slow learners. How many know many times we kick the door in, we walk in, we try to make it happen, and then we say, God, why didn't it work? You ready? He doesn't bless what you desire. He only blesses what he has purposed. Come on, saints. Divine providence. I think Gideon's the perfect guy. I love the story of Gideon. Here he is. He's in hiding. Spirit of God speaks to him and says what? Oh, thou mighty man of God. <laughs> When was the last time you saw a guy in hiding and called him a mighty man of God? But Gideon had something that the Spirit of God recognized. Because the moment the Spirit of God spoke to Gideon, he cried out and said, Where is the God of Israel? Where is the God of the supernatural? Where is the God that divided the waters, that parted the land? That, where is he? How many of you know Gideon was looking for the supernatural power of God? And God said, This is your power and this is your might, Gideon, that you recognize I am your source and your deliverer. Go in this your strength. But again, how many of you know, you can have a marvelous experience like that. You can have the most marvelous experience in church. And as soon as you walk out those doors, you've got to live it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, I want you to know something. You can get Holy Ghost goosebumps, doodads, whatever you want to call them. The moment you walk out, how many know your skin goes flat? And you got to live it day in and day out in the dirty now and nasty. Come on, saints. You know what I'm talking about. So Gideon needs a little bit of encouragement. And he puts a fleece before the Lord. He says, Lord, this night let dew be on the fleece. Let the ground be dry. How many know he woke up in the morning and that's exactly what he found? That wasn't enough. 
How many know Gideon's like me, slow learner? Come on. I don't know about you, but I'm slow. I'm slow. My wife will tell you I'm slow. I've been building a deck for two years. I am slow. She told me this year if I don't finish it, she's got divorce papers and she's going to give them to me. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I shouldn't even say that. But when I say that, I want you to know I'm slow. Gideon says, Lord, you did it once. This time, let's change the order. Let the fleece be dry. Let the ground be wet. And it happened. But that still isn't enough. I mean, Gideon needs encouragement. And so what happens? How many know the Bible says he takes a few of his men and he goes down to the camp of the Midianites and they listen. And all of a sudden he hears the Midianites, the one guy telling a dream how he saw this barley loaf. I don't know if you know that story, but the barley is the least of all the grains in Israel. Gideon was the least in his father's house, and his tribe was the least in Israel. How many of you know that barley loaf represented Gideon? And the Bible says that as he was having that dream, he saw the barley loaf roll down, roll into the tents of the Midianites, and destroy it. And as soon as he did that, another one of the Midianites interprets the dream and says, We're all dead men! That's the sword of Gideon and of the Lord, and we're doomed. Gideon says... Boys, it's time. He finally got it. Come on, saints. I don't know about you, but aren't you glad when God does divine providence? Hmm? I know, you ready? This is a simple illustration, but it's so true. Me and my wife, about two months ago, my van, the transmission went out. I, I, guys look at me all the time and say, man, you're like the children of Israel. Your shoes never wear out. Your clothes don't wear out. My van's got 275,000 miles. Glory. <laughs> I haven't made a car payment and I don't know how long. But when I say that, I said, you know, now all of a sudden I'm in a dilemma. It's, it's, it's literally 12 years old. Do I buy a new van? Do I get it replaced? Buy a new van? Anybody know what I'm talking about? So my wife goes, I'm on my way to minister down in Burgettstown, PA. And on my way there, my wife calls me and says, I went to the dealership. We deal with this one dealership. They always give us a great deal. We're a good customer. We bought our last four cars there. Take all of our, tra- our, our, our maintenance there. They like us. And they give us great deals. I mean, they'll knock right off the top, just us walking in, $3,000 off the top. I mean, just walking in. They, I mean, it's incredible. So she says, I think I found the van. And I said, okay, call them back and tell them that in the morning I'll come down with you and we'll look at this van and if it's, if it's there, or you know, we'll buy it. She goes, it's everything. And now how many of you know, I'm like, ooh, I haven't had a new car in 13 years. I'm about to get high on the upholstery. Ah. You know how a new car smells, don't you? Come on, it's like opium. Ah. So we, I'm coming back, and I call her up, and I say, man, did you book it? She says, Rick, you're not going to believe this. They called me back. They said, Mrs. George, we don't understand it. This van has been sitting on the lot for four weeks, not one person has looked at it. You looked at it, and right after you looked at it, someone came in and bought it, and they said, we apologize. Here's what my wife said. No problem. God has answered. 
You ready for this? Divine providence. I looked at her and I said, I want you to know something. God has answered through divine providence. That door was shut. I'm not going to fight it. I'm going to get the van fixed. We got it fixed. I've already put 10,000 more miles on it. How many of the things scream? I already told the Lord, listen, I want 500,000. The doors may fall off. Seats are falling apart, but buddy, it runs. Divine pro- and it's a way that God speaks to his children. Can I hear it? Hmm? Finally, finally, there's the audible voice. I'm going to go over a few. Is it okay if I go over a few? This has been the hardest thing in my life. I talk fast as it is, but I'm telling you, I've really had to talk fast. Shorten this up. But anyways, number five. And like I said, this is the way that most people want God to speak. It's the audible voice. When I say audible voice, I'm talking about how I'm speaking to you right now, an audible voice. You ready for this? It's the least likely way that you'll hear God speak. In fact, if you study scripture, how many know there's only three times that God speaks audibly to Jesus? Three times in his entire life. And if you hear the voice of God even once, how many know you're quite a unique individual? Now again, I'm not putting it down. It does happen. For me personally, you ready for this? Never once have I ever heard the audible voice of God. My wife has heard it twice. Twice. And in fact, I'm going to share with you a story, and I'm going to actually close the service with this story. But I say that to say this. My wife one day, well, let me back up just a little bit. For many, many years, me and my wife tried to have children, actually for 20 years. We did everything. When I say we did everything, I want you to know something. We went in, had testing done. We had this done. I was poked, she was prodded. I mean, it was unbelievable. And every test came back and said, oh, this is the problem, that's the problem. How many know, like our brother Ron said, they don't know what the problem is. They're trying to figure it out. So finally, I had just, and I'm being honest, I had had enough. I looked at my wife and I said, you know what, babe, I I love you. I want you to know something. I I want children more than life itself. Kind of like, remember when... when, uh, (laughs) Sarah looked at Abraham and says, Give me children, lest I die. He said, What do you want me to do? I mean, no, it's the Lord who opens the womb from year to year. So my wife said, Babe, I really, really want children. She said, Would you be willing to adopt? I said, Honey, if that's the door that God opens, then I have no problem adopting. By the way, you ready for this? How many of you know we're all adopted into the family of God? Man, you want to talk about a message that God gave me? It was the day that that judge slammed down his gavel and said, there is no longer such and such. There is only Sonia Page George. Her mom and dad is Rick and Robin. How many know we're all adopted in the family? The moment you ready? How many know God breaks the bands of Adam and Eve out of our lives? We become God's children. Powerful lesson. So I said, if this is the way that God wants to go, I mean, no, God can give you children other ways than the womb. So I said, of course. Well, we started to pursue an international adoption, and it was like as soon as we started to pursue the international, international adoption, there was a couple in our church, their neighbor, the daughter, went to a fraternity party. She was 15 years old, got pregnant, and she did not want to abort the baby. And they had come to this family and said, would you be willing, do you know of anybody that would be willing to adopt? And they said, funny you say that. The 
divine providence. Funny you say that. Our pastor and his wife have just proceeded with an international adoption. They said, we'll talk to him. How many know we said absolutely? Absolutely. But I said, listen, don't, don't have them contact me. I've been doing this long enough now to know that, you ready? They will look at me and say that I've had professional influence over the girls. They will not sanction this adoption if I try in any way to manipulate it. I said, I will get an attorney. Let them get an attorney. We'll work everything out. Never, ever talk to this girl. Not once. Everything was done through the attorney. And everything was going wonderful. I mean wonderful. Everything was falling in place. We were all excited. Oh, man, me and my wife. God supernaturally provided some funds for us, and we were able to pay. I mean, it cost us $10,000 just for the first part. So we were all rejoicing, and my wife one day is driving home in her car. And as she's driving home in her car, just like I'm talking to you now, the voice of the Lord, the audible voice of the Lord comes, and the voice of the Lord says this, the child is yours. Remember I talked about how that God gives you a word to take you through a hard place? The child is yours. My wife at the time, we're like, well, of course it's ours. Everything's going great. There's no problem here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you. She gets no sooner done praising him, and all of a sudden, the voice of the Lord comes again. By the way, how many know the scripture says that in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established? Remember the story of Pharaoh? The reason why he had the dream twice was God was confirming the dream to let him know that it was established by God. The voice came again and said, the child is yours. And again, my wife rejoiced. She didn't think much of it, didn't tell me about it. About the seven months into the pregnancy, all hell breaks loose. Mother says, I'm not going to do the adoption. The judge comes back. I've never talked to this girl day one, not one. He said, you've had too much professional influence in her life. He said, the only way that this adoption will go forward, you've got to take it out of my county, out of my court system. You've got to go to an adoption agency. You know, the moment I walked in the adoptions agency, even though we paid for everything, the moment we walked in the door, it was an additional $10,000. And I came home. I, I'm telling you, man, God is my witness. I was totally dejected. I'm thinking, you know what? God has totally forsaken me. We've done all of this. I've done everything in my power to make this right. And now it's blowing up in my face. God, what is going on? My wife, I said, you know what, babe? That's it. We're just, we're just, I'm done. She said, Rick, can I share something with you? I said, sure. She said, about a month ago, the Lord, as I was driving in my car, spoke to me audibly. He said, the child is yours. I said, what? She says, not only did he say it once, but he said it twice. She said, I never really thought much of it. I praised him and thanked him for it, but I never thought much of it because everything was going The Lord has reminded me of that, and I want to share it with you. How many know instantly it revitalized my faith? I'm going to tell you right now. How many know I now had a word from God? Can I hear an amen? amen. I had a word from God. Let me tell you something. If God truly has said it, how many know you cannot stop it? 
Do you remember when he looked at Peter and he said, this night you're going to deny me thrice? I don't know about you, but I'd have taped my mouth shut with duct tape. I'd have ran and hide. But how many of you know, if God says it, you can't stop it. So my faith was revitalized. We go into the hospital the day that she delivers. Well, it's actually three days later. And there were two other glitches that happened. In the hospital, the, the mother said that she was going to deliver the child. And when she delivered the child, she was going to leave. She wasn't going to stay with it. I mean, it's really tough to give up a child. That mother kept that baby by her side for three solid days breastfed that baby. That baby never went to the nursery. Stayed with the mother the entire time. When our caseworker came in from the adoption agency, the caseworker said, in all my years, she said, don't get your hopes up. And by the way, until they sign the dotted line that day, how I many know that child, they can renege on it and you, get, you, don't, you don't get the child. And she said, in all my years of doing this, I have never seen a mother stay with the child the entire time and then get the baby away. Thank you. On top of that, you ready? The caseworker from the state came in and they said, we want you to know we're going to go to her and tell her she does not have to give up this child. If she doesn't have a place to live, we'll find her a place to live. If she doesn't have money for food, we'll find food. If she needs money for diapers, we'll give her diapers. We will do everything in her power to let her keep this child. And I'm thinking, boy, everybody's on our side. So we fill out the necessary paperwork and off they go up to the room. They told us it'd be a while. It was between an hour and an hour and a half. An hour and a half comes back. They come walking down. Me and my wife are sitting there. And how many of you know, as soon as we look up, our adoption agent, caseworker, social worker, looked at us. Guess what the first words out of her mouth were? The child is yours. Glory! Can I hear an amen? Yeah. The caseworker from the state, never forget this as long as I look, looked at us and said these words. In all my years, I have never seen a woman so compelled to give away her child. Let me tell you something, saints. God. He wants to speak to his children. He wants us to listen. Can I hear him? I shared this morning, I want to pray with you. And by the way, I, I'm overseeing. I want to share this story. He asked me, are you going to share the story in the second service? Yeah, I've gone too long. If you want, I'm going to pray for every single one of you. I want God to fine tune your hearing. And if you're interested in having your hearing fine-tuned, I want you to stand, and I'm going to pray for you. If you don't want that, you ready? That's fine. You don't have to stand. But if you want your hearing fine-tuned, I believe that God, you ready? In these days we live in, we need our hearing fine-tuned to the things of God. Father, again this morning.